This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, Ready Radio, KLZ 560, live program today, November the 17th, as we head into Thanksgiving next week. And uh, we've had this guest on in the past and uh, very excited to have him back. In fact, we've got so much to talk about, I doubt we get everything covered today. But Eric from Aurora joining us. Eric, welcome. How are you? Welcome back, I should say. Uh, thank you. Good to be back. Uh, I appreciate it. On the right side of the soil. Oh uh, well, I, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you joining us, taking time out of your day. I know you're very busy, so thank you for doing that. Uh, I and my listeners both are thankful. And for you, for those of you maybe that don't recognize Eric, or maybe you didn't listen to the last episode we had about oh six eight weeks ago or so. Uh, Eric, you were stationed down at the South Pole for a length of time, a year, I believe. And I want I want you to, first of all, for those that may be tuning in for the first time, and I'm liable to, for those of you listening the day after Thanksgiving, I'm going to go ahead and play this the day after Thanksgiving because I think all of this is very appropriate. So happy Thanksgiving to all, by the way. But Eric, give everybody a little bit of, a, of an intro. Uh, again, those folks that maybe didn't hear you the first time or they're traveling through uh, Thanksgiving weekend, they may be listening to this program again. Give them a little bit of an update on what you've done in the past, what you're doing now, and your experience. We'll get into the experiences there, but just talk about you know you and introduce yourself. Okay, well, um, I started out my career in the Army with satellite communications, uh, fixed station, and then went on to be a satellite controller in the Army got out and started contracting world uh, in 2003 2004 time frame i spent the full year at the geographic south pole as the project lead for south pole satellite communications and then um 2000 uh, i think it was nine 2008 somewhere in there i spent seven months in Thule, greenland uh, at the tracking station up there. Okay. And so just kind of still in the contracting world. So you have a little experience with being at the top of the world, bottom of the world, and how cold it gets. Yeah, and everyone claims I'm bipolar now. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Okay, on top of that, in this I definitely want to have you back. In fact, I think what I may very well do is you've got a great story on home buying, what to look for, the inspection process, and so on. And I think, Eric, what I'm going to do here is in the next few weeks get you on uh, Saturday morning show, Fix It Radio, our Around the House show, because what you've got as a story in regards to, you know, buildings and being prepared and all of that, it can fit into this show, but also could fit into Fix It Radio as well. Uh, that would work for me, yeah. Okay, we'll do that in the future as well. So those of you listening, we'll get into some of that, because uh, Eric's goal which a lot of us is, and that's why, you know, this is Ready Radio, of course. Your goal, Eric, is to have a home and property whereby you can pretty much, not shouldn't say pretty much, you can survive off-grid no matter what, right? That, that would be the goal. I mean, obviously in Colorado we're pretty limited on moisture Correct. and some other weather-related things. But, uh, you know, once uh, once funds become available i'm going to do one of the geothermal greenhouses nice um you know i'm already working on designing a solar system something that that some people don't think about is the well pump 
Right. And they, they think, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll put it on solar also. And what can actually be done is you can have both an electric pump and you can have a manual hand pump. That way, if we do have total grid down because of solar flare mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, the enemy sets off an EMP, uh, you can still have water available. I mean, what are your main things? Food, shelter, water. That's right. And so one thing I would like to do is get a hand pump put in, and that way even if we've got total grid down, uh, we can still have water available, whether it's summer for watering mm-hmm. plants, running hydroponics, things like that. Um, you know, it's, that's one thing a lot of people – don't think about they think oh i'll just uh have a generator back up well if you have an emp it can joy it can destroy a generator that's right unless that's right got, great point know, so well, one of the things that i would add on that but yeah as far as buying the land i thought i'd done due diligence i i used a va inspector you know which they're supposed to be picky and even with that he missed a lot of things okay um, among others, you know, and one of these you can't really predict is that because this had been a pot grow, a legal one. Okay. Uh, when I went to downgrade from a 600 amp transformer commercial down to a standard 200 amp, they found that all of the wiring going to every single outlying building was burned up. Oh, man, that stinks. And so what should have been my outside garage and my my big steel workshop building uh and even the barn i have no power out to them that stinks even even the closest run is three thousand dollars oh that stinks yeah again these are things that we'll get eric back on on fix it radio because that's a great story along those lines it fits here as well uh you know eric because a lot of folks are looking to do things you know quote unquote off-grid or be self-sufficient and the biggest reason, for those of you listening, maybe again traveling through for the first time, Ready Radio, we do this on a weekly basis, Fridays from 2 to 3. Got a great community of listeners, by the way. This is on top of the other programs, of course, that, that I do here, Rush to Reason, and we do Fix It Radio and Drive Radio on Saturdays. Uh, and we'll have, uh, of course, Rush to Reason coming up here right after this program. It's every day, uh, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6. But, Eric, what got this going was several months ago, and you were listening in, we had folks asking about, you know, cold weather preparedness and, you know, what should we all have and how do we handle the cold weather? Because we have that, of course, in Colorado. Now, we don't get any close to being what's at the, you know, South Pole out Antarctica. And, and again, I learned this the last time you were on because I honestly never studied enough to really know, you know, the geography and terrain of the South Pole. But for, you know, again, to remind everybody What's the elevation and what's the standard temperatures at the South Pole? So your your actual base elevation is 9,333 feet, roughly. So you're literally on top of two miles of ice. Ground level is below sea level. However, because you're up on the polar plateau during winter, your effective elevation is between 10,000 and 12,000 feet. Wow. So it's it's basically being in Leadville, Colorado. You're in the middle of the continent, right? You're high altitude. Uh, we did actually have one person that got flown back out for altitude sickness. Okay. And uh, you're you're pretty isolated though, because 
there's nothing around. It's just right. what we brought in over right. the decades. Right. And then uh, on top of that, temperatures, which is not Leadville, even though it gets cold in Leadville, nothing close to what what folks experience there. What are your temperatures like year-round? So the warmest I saw was negative 10 Fahrenheit. Okay. Uh, and at that point, you've been there a long time. We actually had people going on the sunny side of the building, taking off their shirts and sunning themselves. Oh, jeez. Um, you know, there's, there's no wind at that point. Plus, on you know, when you're up against the building, you're, sure. you're kind of in that little cocoon area. Sure, sure. So it know? feels pretty warm, I'm guessing. Yeah, at that point, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, the nominal ice temperature is negative 52. Okay. And then we saw roughly negative 109 degrees during the winter. Wow, that's amazing. So it, it gets real cold. Amazing. Um, yeah, and but it, it it's amazing when there isn't wind, you know, like so I was under the old steel dome that was built by the Seabees back in the seventies. Okay. We had a, a fire alarm situation and a lot of us were outside because um, we we knew that it didn't apply to our particular section, you might say. Okay. Um we're just standing under the, the dome. T-shirts, flip-flops, and we're talking. Wow. Yeah, and it, it was easily a neg 60, neg 80 outside. Wow. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And there, there, are, there are things that you do that are cultural, you know, like there's the 300 club where when it's negative 200, you sit in the, uh, I mean, negative 100, you sit in the sauna at 200 plus, and then wearing a pair of shoes and pretty much nothing else. You go out and you literally go to the true geographic pole marker. Um, of course, everything that defines you as a man has tried to crawl back in. Uh huh. Yeah. Yep. Women, women have their own effects. Yeah. Then you go back and sit in the sauna and wonder if everything's going to recover. Oh, my word. Unbelievable. Um, amazing. Again, great stories and appreciate Eric joining us. Okay. So let's talk a little bit on, I'll get a few more stories into before we. Uh, get this over with, folks. Uh, trust me in that. And really quick, I always have to throw this in because there are enough of these individuals out there where I feel like I have to at least throw this in. So, Eric, you definitely will say the earth is not flat, right? Uh, definitely. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> in other words, for a lot of you that uh, believe in a flat earth and there's some sort of ice shelf and so on, we are talking to somebody that's literally been down there and no folks there is no ice shelf and yes we actually live on a actual globe and i don't feel like i really need to go into even proving that eric but talking to somebody like yourself that's actually been there i think to me alone that pretty much uh that pretty much sews it up there's no sense even talking much more about it but uh, yet there are still folks out there that believe and they again this this will replay on that friday you know, after Thanksgiving, there may be folks driving through that would say, oh, no, no, the earth is flat. Well, we're talking to somebody that can prove otherwise. I, I actually have a friend whose wife is a flat earther, and she she just doesn't compute when you try and tell her these okay, things. So I, okay, so, okay, I, before we take a break here in a few minutes, we'll come back and talk about some clothing and so on. How do you, given it's you and you've been there and you've seen this stuff firsthand, and I haven't, I mean, I'm going off of, images and satellite and just what I know even, you know, scientifically that, you know, again, I don't get into all the details, but how do you, 
given that you've been at both ends of the earth, really, but you know, top and bottom, if you would, you're bipolar, like you said. How do you talk yeah. to somebody like that that is a flat earther? Oh, well, you know, it kind of, kind of depends on the, the type of flat earther. You know, it's like anything else. You get those people that just are so radicalized, you might say, that nothing you say is going to make sense to them. Right. And then there are, there are others where you can talk about how we originally, uh, well, I should say how the, the Western civilization originally worked it out by putting a stick on the ground, pointing upwards, measuring the shadow, and then having uh, colleagues several miles further north measure the length of the stick up at their place at the same time. And, you know, the shadow. Right. And, and the shadow up north is going to cast differently length than the one further south. Correct. Um, and, and so th- those were some of the ways that they started. Now, really quick, uh, a flat earther will just tell you well, that's just because the sun traveling around the flat earth is at different angles and therefore casting different shadows. And again, you know, as you can tell, I've read some of this and not because I believe them, but that's what they'll come back with as an argument. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, and, and I guess when when I get totally exasperated, I said, well, yeah, you know, and and with all the man-made global warming, you're hearing about the rising sea levels. Well, don't worry about it, because when the Russians were racing to get down there before us, their icebreaker hit that ice wall, and there's a crack, and everything's falling off. All the <laughs> ocean's just draining out. <laughs> oh, I, I love it. I love it. I mean— Again, I'm trying to be as nice as I can be on the whole flat earth thing, and I'm trying to be respectful, and I realize, Eric, people have different beliefs and all of that, and I get that. But, folks, trust me, the earth is round. The things that we have in the sky called satellites and all the imagery from, in fact, that's what, Eric, you were down there actually working on. And, you know, we we have had, um, how should I say this, Eric, people a lot smarter than me figuring out where we place those, how those work, how they're going to communicate effectively, how they stay, you know, quote-unquote, in sync so that we have proper communications. I mean, let's face it, there's been a lot of, quote-unquote, math that has gone into all of those equations, and some of those were done way back in the day with a slide rule, by the way. Uh, bottom, you know, bottom line, uh, math has done all of that for us with some very, very smart people figuring it out, and yes, in fact, the Earth is round. Yeah. It, you know, and, and of course, even in a, an airplane at thirty-five thousand feet, you start yes. being able to see that curvature. That's correct. And uh, but it, I mean, let's face it: we're in Colorado. Go up to Devil's Head Fire Lookout. You can see five states or six states from there. You can look all the way out onto the eastern plains, and you start seeing curvature. That's right. That's right. Well, the other thing that I always look at is just we see these mountains. I'm looking west. I can see them popping up. If I get out towards Lyman, uh, you know, Eric, they start to, quote, unquote, disappear. And the further east I go, I'm not going to see them at all. So explain to me if the earth is flat, how those mountains, uh, you know, disappear and reappear, depending upon how far I am from them. Right. Yeah. I mean, if the earth was flat, you should be able to see them a lot farther than Lyman even because the sight distance is still that far. But you can't see it at that point because we're looking over the top of them. Correct. Anyways. Yeah, and, and here, of course, we've, we, you know, we've got the, uh, the plateau that drops us off as you go further east. That's right. That's right. So. Yeah. 
Exactly. So, all right, tell you what, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We are going to get into some of the clothing aspects of things and how that works and what you all should have as cold weather. That was really the origination of having Eric on in the first place. But, hey, if you've got a question, by the way, send me a text message, 307 200 8222-307-200-8222, and I'll get those asked by, uh, get those answered, I should say, asked and answered by Eric as well. Some of you have texted in as well. Uh, I'll answer those also. In the meantime, don't forget, Stack Optical. Alan Stack would love to help you with all of your eye needs, whether it be just an exam or you've got some sort of spe- you know specific glass recommendation or a requirement, I should say, that you need. Maybe it's the way that you work, different things that you do. Alan can build literally anything you need for any type of activity or work climate you might be involved in. So give him a call today, 303-321-1578. Are you looking for a healthcare provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and integrative healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. Are you tired of being cooped up inside during the long, cold Colorado winter? Bring a touch of warmth and greenery to your backyard with a custom greenhouse from Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Our team of experts specializes in designing and building greenhouses that will enhance any outdoor space. Our greenhouses are made with the highest quality materials and are built to withstand the harsh Colorado winters. Plus, with a variety of styles and sizes to choose from, we can create the perfect greenhouse to fit your needs and budget. Imagine growing your own fresh herbs and vegetables, even during the winter, or creating a beautiful garden oasis in the comfort of your own home. Don't let the cold weather stop you from enjoying the benefits of gardening. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders today and start planning your dream greenhouse. Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Call 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, 
We here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. Are you tired of those unsightly sunken concrete areas around your property? Look no further than Raise Tech Concrete Leveling. Proudly serving the Colorado and surrounding communities, we understand the unique challenges posed by clay-rich soils. Does your garage or basement floor show signs of settling? Even those finished basements can experience issues, but don't worry. Our solution can save you both time and money compared to costly replacements. Introducing our revolutionary high-density polyurethane foam injection. We use a DOT-approved formula that's trusted on highways, ensuring top-tier quality for your project. While we can't fix structural issues, we can tackle a wide range of sunken concrete problems. And here's the best part. Our process is quick and hassle-free. Our expert team offers free inspections, taking just about 15 minutes of your time. One great thing is you don't even have to be home for the inspection. We want to ensure your complete satisfaction. Ready to take the first step toward a more even, safe, and beautiful property? Call Chadwick Gardner today at 970-682-5129. That's 970-682-5129. Race Tech Concrete Leveling. Lifting your concrete, lifting your spirits. Don't settle for sunken concrete any longer. Call us now at 970-682-5129. All right, we are back. I had a few messages that came in as well, text messages. And by the way, you can text us anytime, even if you're traveling through and you'd like a question answered. I can typically get that done. 307-200-8222. And this is a live program. You can listen to it again, by the way, by going to ready-radio.com. For those of you traveling through, you can listen to this again that way. And again, if you've got a question even for Eric, I can get those you know questions out and typically back fairly quickly because we communicate back and forth so if there's something you need. Eric, one thing that uh, I got a couple of questions in really quick before we go to the clothing and you know how to handle the cold is, and I think you explained this the last time you were on, but one more time, what you know, are there seasons at the South Pole and how does that work and or differ from what we're used to? Uh, the actual geographic South Pole kind of has seasons. You got two basic seasons that you've got the summertime, which would be Colorado winter. Okay. Uh, so the sun. So they're going to their peak summertime now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so December 21st, when we hit our shortest day of the year is technically their longest day. It's actually just when the sun is circling around above at the highest point, and then it starts slowly spiraling back down until you reach the Antarctic winter, and then you've got the six months of darkness. you got about a week or two in there where you kind of have a twilight realm. Okay. Okay. So, So, and then, of course, the worst storms are during the Antarctic winter. And going into, you know, transition between the spring and the summer. 
the there's an area down there called Clean Air Sector. It is the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration building, and it is the purest air in the world. Most of the time, the wind comes from that direction and goes across the base, and you know, but occasionally the wind will change directions from that. Okay. And the last time you were on, you were basically saying how it really doesn't have the same type of, you know, quote-unquote weather that we have here because it's at the pole that, you know, even the snow and, and what looks like snow is different than what we're used to here in Colorado, right? Right, yeah. It's pre- pretty much more of an ice crystal that comes down. Now, during the midsummer, you can get an actual snow, but okay. otherwise it's just crystal uh ice crystals you know and and you do get some clouds uh but it they're still not the same as what we see here in the more temperate okay. climates okay makes sense makes sense okay now one other question before we move on to clothing do the magnetic poles actually reverse have they are we getting ready to do that again and i know nothing about any of that so your magnetic poles which are of course, not the same as your geographic north and geographic south. Do swap roughly every 12,000 to 14,000 years. Okay. Um, when I was in Greenland, the magnetic north pole was off of Baffin Island, uh, Canada. Since that time, it has gone up and over the top of the planet and is almost down into Russia. Okay. Um, now the magnetic south pole has gone from the time I was down there. It's gone across the Antarctic Peninsula, which is the the branch that you see reaching out towards South America, right? And is now heading up towards the Indian Ocean, and they are actually approaching uh, each other magnetically speaking, and there are fields that we are seeing where there's cancellations and differences, and that is accounting for some of our weather changes that we're seeing at okay. this time. All right. Didn't know, I so, did not know that. That was a great question. So uh, thank you for that. I, yes, I, there, that there, I had no idea about any of that stuff, so thank you. There, there is a lot more to that, but it would take us way off the top. No, that's okay. But and I, in fact, I, now, again, I'll just keep adding these things to the list, and we'll keep having you back and discuss some of these things. All right, let's get into the clothing end of things. And I know we touched on this a little bit the last time you were on, but didn't get really a chance to really dive into the the clothing that you would wear in, you know, especially there where we're talking, you know, extreme, extreme temperatures. Now, we can have some extreme temperatures here in Colorado. I've seen, you know, in my lifetime here, I believe, I'd have to go back and look at records, but I've seen it be 40 below uh, here, and I've seen regular, you know, a couple of weeks straight of it being 20 below. And frankly, to be honest with you, Eric, personally, I can't see much difference between 10 below and 20 below and 30 below. To me, it's all stinking, you know, freezing cold, and I can't tell much yeah. difference, period. But, you know, we do not have near those extremes, although below zero weather, I don't care who you are, that's just darn cold. Yeah. Well, you know, of course, being a, a Colorado native, you probably remember Orange Crush. I do. For, for the I Bonkos. do. We had a whole stretch of Neg 14. We sure did. You and I are only one year apart age-wise. I'll just put it that okay, way. Okay, I know. I remember all that very, very well. And yeah. uh, 
A lot of the newbies here don't know those things. But, yeah, here in Colorado, as you know, uh, Eric, we can get some really cold December, January, even February. I've seen it be below zero in February. Uh, yeah. And, you know, typically by March, not so much. But, no, no, I've I've experienced it being that cold. And, of course, being in the automotive world like I have in my entire life, uh, yeah, I've spent a lot of time uh, outside even trying to fix things, vehicles, and so on. Because when things get that cold, you know, it's better today oh. than it was when I was a kid, of course, Eric. But even still, things just don't want to run very well when it's that cold. I remember my dad always having a block heater on his yep. uh, Corvair Monza, and he had the uh, heated dipstick that went down yep. into the oil pan and all of that when That's I was right. younger. Now, I remember back in the day, we don't have much of this anymore because there's not many left. People would even put light bulbs next to the engine block and kind of a poor man's way of having a, a heater. But you would be surprised how, how much just a, a light bulb against the engine and you know one, one down on the oil pan, one against the battery. You know, what a huge difference that would just that incandescent bulb would make in, the, you know, in a 10, 20 below uh, situation. You know, huge difference between running and not running back in the day. Well, and my dad would also throw a, a scrap piece of, piece of old carpet upside down on top of the hood. There you go. That That's right. That's right. Okay, so speaking yeah. of that, and I know it's different when you get into the temperatures we're talking about at at the pole and how much more extreme it is. On the same token, I, I think the same basic premise of what you wear, whether you're there or whether you're out here at a Bronco game and it's zero, I mean, the same premise applies, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Here here we have a little more moisture in the atmosphere because it doesn't get that drastic cold and stay there. But, uh, you know, you, you still you start out with a base layer, uh, such as long, on, long underwear. Uh, they issued us polypropylene ones. Okay. I actually still had my old military wool, and, yeah, that can be quite irritating at times. But, sure, it sure does keep uh, you warm, though. It, it does the job. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, if you, if, and, and for those listening, if you're not wool allergic, I guess you could say, because, you know, to, to your point, Eric, some people can wear it. Some, I, I can wear it. I don't particularly care for it all the time, especially directly on your skin. But, you know, can I wear wool socks and put up with it? You know, absolutely I can. And if I'm staying warm, I can put up with a lot of discomfort that way to stay warm. I also know there are some people that – just flat for whatever reason, you know, just it is it's such an irritant to them, they can't wear it. Yeah, well, and it also depends on the type of wool. You know, merino wool feels different. It is literally a different texture compared to, a, you know, just a standard sheep wool or an alpaca wool. True. They all feel a little different. True. Good um, point. So, so on, on top of that, you know, you're going to have a, a mid-weighted insulating layer. Okay. Um you know, whether it's a shirt, you know, like they issued us the uh, Farmer Carhartt bib overalls, and those were the insulated ones. Um, we had, you know, we could do insulated pants and stuff, and uh, a few other things along those lines. So when it so, comes to when it comes to that part of it, and I'm guessing from what I'm hearing you say is. And I've, I've learned this just from, you know, living here my whole life, being in the outdoors, hunting, fishing, all those sorts of things. And, and what I will, again, most people know this, but in case you're new to the area and maybe you don't know some of these things, the base layer, important that, in my opinion, wool, poly, you know, poly, one of those two, Eric, cotton, uh, whether it be cotton underwear, cotton long johns, a cotton t-shirt, 
Uh, if you're going to be moving about any way, shape, or form, we're always perspirating, even when folks don't think they are, Eric, and that cotton will make you much colder than, than the other products you're talking about. Correct. Correct, yeah. And, and you know, silk's an, all, an option for those who can't wear the other two. Correct. Parts. Correct. Now, that yeah. next layer, how important is that to be... You know, either non-cotton, cotton, you know, you know, what kind of fiber, It does it matter for that next layer, or is it just something that is an insulating product, period? Does it make any difference? Uh, you know, pretty much doesn't make, down there, it doesn't make as much difference. You know, you're not getting to where you could have liquid water. Okay. Uh, whereas here, if you've got a cotton, um, you, it could still chill you a little bit. If you've got good wool base layer, you're you're fairly well protected from any chill from the cotton. Okay. Um, so it, it's it's kind of a depends on your situation. If you're in a drier climate that's cold, then it it can be a cotton. But if you're going for a wetter co- uh, climate, maybe equivalent to our going up skiing. You're better off with a breathable nylon or Tyvek, or, uh, not Tyvek. <laughs> um, uh, now I'm blitzing the name of that high tech cloth. Yes, uh, or, I insulate some of those some of those types of cloths is what you'd be looking at more so, right? Yeah, it insulates your insulating layer between your nylon and right. stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. And then, uh, and it, I'm it, guessing it, you know you're going to top more, that off with some sort of a Either again, you know, thermo pants, down jackets, and so on, right? Right. So that mid layer, we did have an option of uh, polar fleece pants. Okay. That they issued us, um, and then yeah, then you had a heavy insulating layer. We had the big poofy red jacket for winter, uh, big poofy red down one. Once again, we don't get wet, so down successful. Whereas here. You might want something with a, a poly insulation because mm. if your down gets wet, it's not going to work as well. Very true. It's not going to hold the heat. Very true. Um, and then, you know, or during the summer, we had a, a Carhartt jacket. Um, like I said, we had the Carhartt bib overalls that were insulated. Uh, we also had the uh, issued to us the kind of like ski pants. It was an insulated or it's insulate layered nylon bib uh overalls that they issued uh hands wise we had blue glove liners and leather gloves for like when i was out working on the antenna and we're we're twisting wrenches having to pull the feed horn off because we had a a switch failure in the feed horn it's still negative 60 something degrees at that time okay you know, and and if you take all of your gloves off and you touch that bare metal, you can literally freeze to that metal. Wow! Yeah, amazing. So because the moisture in your hand, yep. or on your hand, yep. you touch that sub-zero metal and you can freeze to it quickly. Amazing, amazing. Um, so you, so you you wear the 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 thin glove liners as much as possible, only with the smallest of bolts and nuts. Are you going to try and handle anything barehanded? Okay. Uh, but then over that, you've got your leather gloves. Uh, and this is similar to what was issued in the Army. I had wool glove liners and leather gloves. Okay. Makes you know? sense. Yep. Um, and that's, and that's then, uh, 
for a lot of us, I mean, I, I, I still have some of that. That's very common. Even for a lot of guys that hunt and fish and so on, that's not uncommon right. to wear some of that. Yeah, and then we had, you know, if you look at these sled dog stories yep. over these Alaska, mm-hmm. you'll see they've got those giant mittens and there's there's fur on the back of them, and those were also issued to us. So you could put those on over your gloves or over another pair of mittens if needed and, and just have that extra air gap insulation layer for your hands. Yeah, idea being, and this I think is really, again, those of you that may be traveling through that and or you're new to the area, you've come from a warmer climate, you know, we've had a lot of implants that have come here, Eric, from California, Texas, Florida. Those are our three leading states that folks are coming from. And so those of you that are coming in, uh, you know, take heed to some of these things. The idea being that, A, you know, mittens, because your fingers are together, not spread apart, and what we're what we're getting at here, Eric, is the best way to stay warm is to keep your own body heat inside because it's naturally warm and it's going to help heat things up. So you want to keep that in and dry at the same time. If you do those two things, you'll be warmer, correct? Correct, yeah. And that's why you see those, you know, like those hunting gloves where they've got the little mitten fold over to keep your fingers a little warmer. Exactly. Things like that. But, yeah, the the closer you can keep your body mass, your fingers, your toes together as opposed to separated, you're conserving that heat in that mass. What about, uh, really quick, what about neck and and head? I mean, how how important is it to keep those things, uh, and what type of headwear did they give you? So we were issued a neck gaiter, um, you know, because, you, you know, you're going to tuck it down into your zipper jacket right. and then up either over the, the loose end of a balaclava or you're going to put your balaclava neck down over the neck gaiter. Once again, you're trying to create that air gap uh, kind of dead in the insulation, the the, the the movement of air to increase your insulation value. All right. And uh, the gator wasn't necessarily windproof, which the wind is blowing there almost 24 seven. Um, so it was better for me to put the balaclava that was windproof over the neck gator. Makes and sense. And that that extra, yep. Yep. extra fluff of insulation in there. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Okay. Headwear. Headwear, um, we were issued kind of like the uh, Elmer Fudd uh, yep. winter cap. Yep. You know, it, yep. it had the inner flaps, but it was not. It was it was more like you see the the Sherpas wearing, not not the hard uh, canvas exterior one. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, now, now when I was in Greenland, I bought one of those hard canvas exterior. Elmer Fudd style or Cossack style, depending on what you want to call them. Um, so for in Greenland, I, I did buy one of those because it, it is more efficient. Okay. Now, any type of a cap or, or uh, you know, nylon or anything from your head to that or strictly cap on top? Well, well the, the balaclava, of course, covers everything except for your eyes and maybe if you pull it down your nose area. So basically like a ski mask. Um, and then, yeah, yeah, and then you've got your hood for your your polar jacket. Okay. Yeah. You know, so you you do. So you're really have, wearing three uh, pieces of headwear. Layer of insulation again. Yep. Okay. Got it. Makes sense. Um, and then you know, 
the yeah, the issue is sunglasses because you don't want to have snow blindness during summer. Right. Uh, or the ski goggles. The drawback is, is with all this other stuff over your face, you exhale, it goes straight up those layers and mm. it fogs and ices the glasses and uh, mask instantly. You almost need a snorkel. Uh, actually, that's what the cargo people did. Is they had a, ah. a diving, uh, ah, uh, uh, not a scuba diving snorkel. It, it was, but uh, like when you're just swimming at the yeah. surface of the ocean. Yeah, a snorkel. Yeah, and they would lead that down through in between layers of their jackets and a tube out. The, the bottom. Uh, okay, makes so sense. Not only were they getting the moisture away from their yep. faces, yep. they were preheating that air as they were breathing in through it. Oh, and makes so sense. It, it saved their lungs from that yeah. negative 60-degree uh, okay. weather. Learn something negative. there. Not, I mean, not that yeah. we get cold enough here where that's an issue, but that's a great tip. I, I never thought about well, that. Great tip. But you know, but if you're doing if you're doing something, you know, like there are people that do winter camping or even extended hunting out in our cold. Right. right. Protecting your lungs from extreme cold is, is good point. Important. Good point. Yeah, we we tend to forget about that. We do everything else. We protect our feet and our our you know fingers and the eyewear and all of that. And we kind of forget about that part. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you can, if it's cold enough, you can actually damage your lungs from that cold air. Yeah, you basically and freeze actually, them, right? Yeah, yeah. When I first got off the the C-130 aircraft on the ice and stepped out into that neg 60 whatever weather it was that day, my lungs, even with face mask on, my lungs wanted to seize and not function. They just like, no, wow. too cold. I and had you no had to idea. Force yourself to breathe, and you had to, you know, you had to let your body acclimatize to it over a period of time. Had no idea. I now that you say that, that makes total sense. Because you know, again, given what I've done over all these years, Eric, even as a young boy, and that those some of those stints here in Colorado, you and I were discussing a few minutes ago. Yeah, I was out in some of that, trying to keep vehicles running and so on. And of course, I've plowed snow the majority of my, you know, junior high on up you know, life. And so, you know, typically I'm out in those things. It's not like you're sitting. I don't know what it's like to sit behind the fire and watch it snow. I'm usually out in it for whatever reason. And, right. and yeah, I, I can, I, I, you know, not yeah. to that extreme, but I know here, even here in Colorado where when it's like that and you're trying to breathe outside, oh yeah, you can tell the difference. Yeah. Well, even, even just, you know, like I, I, I was up at Minot, North Dakota when it went oh, yeah. into winter. Oh yeah. And you, you've got that, Chill Bane wind. That's right. Coming through there, you know, and, and I've been to Greenland and Alaska, and you know, that's that's part of the problem with having all my Norwegian ancestry. They think I want to just go to these cold, cold places. <laughs> I, I would, I would love to go to Guam once. Thank you. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Okay, footwear. That's one where I mean, I think, and, and personally, I don't. Maybe it's you know, maybe some of this is. You know, just me, hereditary DNA, I don't know. But, you know, I can typically keep most everything on my body warm. You know, that's, you know, I've, I've learned through the years enough of what to wear along those lines. The one thing that I think a lot of people, myself included, still struggle with, and I've worn all of the heavy, you know, pack boots, you name it. But keeping your feet warm to me still seems like one of the hardest things there is to do. 
Well, it, it is. You know, I mean, they're one of the furthest things away from your heart. And so you're even if you're exercising, your heart's working to get blood down there. Your body is wanting to conserve heat. It's wanting to constrict the blood vessels True. and hold that, that, that heat up towards the core. True. And so it's critical. You know, like uh, they issued us wool tube socks, six pairs of them. Uh, and then we had, and you probably, if you ever seen these old, War movies in the you know in the winter they've got these huge white yep. Mickey Mouse boots on yep and they 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 issued those or in my case because of how much I was going to be doing with the satellite facility uh, the you know working on the the antennas and stuff I got insulated a pair of blue Thinsulate ones and they were great they they were they were really good and there are a lot of modern hunting boots that are just as good as anything I was ever issued down there. Okay. Yeah, and by the way, when we were I will say that that's one thing that from when you and I were kids to today, uh between gloves, I mean clothing in general, but gloves and boots, I will tell you that man alive have we come a long way. Okay, one question on the Mickey Mouse boots that I've always wondered because uh, I've seen these, I've never seen them other than maybe at an army surplus store. I think I might have seen a pair or two there. Do they still have the air valve, you know, like a like a tire, you know, Schrader valve on them that you can inject air into the boot, or was that just you know kind of for a time period? I don't recall there being a Schrader valve on them. Um, now there is, if you're high altitude, there is like a little pressure relief. Uh, okay, okay. I I would have to I'd have to go back and look at those to tell the truth. Now I know the blue ones did not. They were just a. Uh, a strict insulate uh, with the uh, high-tech fabrics, and, and uh, I think I had a pair of wool foot liners in them. And, and actually, I did that when I was in Alaska. I bought those wool sole in, shoe insults, okay. inserts, okay. and those make a big difference. You're, you're, you know, they're keeping the bottom of your feet warm. And, and you've got either socks or something between you and that wool. And you are right. I was I was uh, thinking of something, I guess, different. But you're right. I just looked those those particular boots up. You're talking about the Mickey Mouse boots, and they've got a valve that I guess would either depressurize or allow pressure to stay in the boot. Is that what that valve does? It's really more when you're high altitude, you're you're letting uh, depressurization of the inner layers of you know. I see, and that's. That's that's kind of the case with a, a lot of uh, military and other equipment. You know, the, the, you see these big transit cases, and you see the valves on the side of them, and that's to compensate for pressure differences up in aircraft that don't always get pressurized the way a modern airliner would. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, back to the the glasses. And again, I think this is big for a lot of people listening. Again, some of you that are transplants moving in. Now, a lot of you are coming from warm areas where, you know, you know, wearing a sunglasses is probably something that you're used to doing. But, uh, Eric, uh, whether it's sunny out because of a day like today and we see green and I look at guys over here golfing and so on, that's one reason to wear sunglasses. But when it's bright from the snow, and even though it may not seem as bright as you think, you still need to be wearing sunglasses, right? Oh, yes. Yeah, because not only are you getting the the main visible spectrum reflected, 
the ultraviolet uh, spectrum, that UVA, UVB, and lately we've been seeing UVC, that those are, are very high frequency and they will literally burn the retina of your eyes or, okay. or you know, the yep. back of your eyes. Yep. No, we've talked I mean, to Alan from Stack Optical. Effect. He's talked about that very same thing you just mentioned. And we, again, for those of you moving in from other areas, it's imperative in Colorado to wear those sunglasses in the winter as much as it is in the summer. And you may think, oh, I don't need it. It's not that bad outside. It's just a little bit cloudy. It's, you know, there's some snow on the ground. Big deal. To your point, Eric, it's as imperative then as any time. Yeah, it, your eyes, if you've been out and exposed to too much of that reflected light, you're going to feel like you got sand in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're just going to sting and, and feel almost like there's grit there at times. And I've been there more times than I want to count before. Okay, dumb question. When you're all ready to go, you're all geared up, and nature calls, um, I'm guessing that's not the most easy thing to take care of with everything that you now have on. Uh, no, yeah, you're trying to strip down three or four layers to to do anything. That's and, what I know, figured. If you're, standing, if you're standing facing a wall or you're sitting down, it's a lot of material. Yeah, that's and, what I figured. So, again, one of those things where you're going it, to make sure you've got all that done prior, most likely. Right, yeah, and, and if you're layering it, you know, you, you're going to pull up the bottom layer, you're going to take the top layer and put it over, alternating then you're going to pull the next layer up over that drop layer <laughs> once again you're, you're trying to increase that air barrier yep. you know insulation yep. entrainment yep. of air good point and so then you're doing up down up down yep. up down okay finally everything's exposed and i can <laughs> make sense everything. okay another now, another i mean i got lots of dumb questions but when you're actually working on things and you've got tools and so on is there anything specific that they're doing in regards to, you know, the insulation of tools or, or, or is it just, you know, if it's an end wrench, it's an end wrench and you're using it just like you would indoors or are there, are there different, you know, South Pole tools that help you guys with that? No, we had standard Craftsman okay. All right. type, type uh, ratchet wrenches, box okay. wrenches. Nothing fancy then. Uh, you know, and, and during the, the warmest part of the year, you can get by with an electric drill, you know, a battery-operated right, right. drill out there. But um, after so many minutes outside, those batteries literally start freezing up, and mm. electric tools, other than plug-in type, just get too cold. Makes, and even, yeah. even, even at colder, colder temperatures, even if you're plugged in, you know, the... Right. the your efficiency drops way down. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, yeah, your, your lubricants. That's right. The bearings, everything that's inside of it, things just don't want to move, do they? Correct. I had with the antenna while I was there is we got literally first week into winter. Somebody gave me a call and said on the on the radio and said, "Hey, satellite's not up." I'm like, what do you mean the satellite's not up? And I look, and sure enough, I have no signal, and I'm looking, and it's like, wow, that's looking a little low on the horizon. And uh, long story short, Reader's Digest condensed even more. I get out to the antenna. The main elevation gear has failed, so you got a a Mm. worm gear. Right. And uh, you've got your motor You've got your transfer case with the conical-shaped gears. Yep. 
to transfer, you know, yep. from a lateral, to, you know. Yep. So you've got these, and that's made of brass. So even though we had heaters in, a, in an insulated box around the motor, that big old long spiral tube gear going up, extending out, was now a radiator for all the heat. Uh-huh. And that brass hit that negative temperature. This is a three-year-old antenna. That brass shrank, got yep. hard in the cold, and stripped out. Yep. So the antenna came down to horizon look. Makes sense. Makes total and sense. They, they had that happen even with the replacement they got in after I had done it. And they'd even improved insulation, put plumber's tape on that right. uh, drive, you know, the plumber's heating tape. Wow. And they'd even put a ray dome over it, and they still had the system fail again. Amazing. Amazing. It's that ridiculously cold, uh. and the brass does not like it. Nope. Uh, great stories. Eric, I appreciate your time so much. Again, those of you driving through, maybe hearing this for the first time, we're going to play this on the Friday after Thanksgiving. So hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Eric, you have a great Thanksgiving as well. We'll get you back on Fix It Radio and talk more about uh, your home and your homestead and all of that. And again, there's more things to even talk about here on Ready Radio. So we'll do this again. I appreciate it very, very much, sir. Sounds like a plan. Appreciate it, Eric. Have a great rest of your day. And again, happy Thanksgiving. Guys, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Website, by the way, ready-radio.com. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, we here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916, or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. Are you tired of being cooped up inside during the long, cold Colorado winter? Bring a touch of warmth and greenery to your backyard with a custom greenhouse from Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Our team of experts specializes in designing and building greenhouses that will enhance any outdoor space. Our greenhouses are made with the highest quality materials, and are built to withstand the harsh Colorado winters. Plus, with a variety of styles and sizes to choose from, we can create the perfect greenhouse to fit your needs and budget. Imagine growing your own fresh herbs and vegetables, even during the winter, or creating a beautiful garden oasis in the comfort of your own home. Don't let the cold weather stop you from enjoying the benefits of gardening. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders today and start planning your dream greenhouse. Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Call 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. Are you tired of those unsightly sunken concrete areas around your property? Look no further than Raise Tech Concrete Leveling. Proudly serving the Colorado and surrounding communities, we understand the unique challenges posed by clay-rich soils. Does your garage or basement floor show signs of settling? Even those finished basements can experience issues, but don't worry. 
Our solution can save you both time and money compared to costly replacements. Introducing our revolutionary high-density polyurethane foam injection. We use a DOT-approved formula that's trusted on highways, ensuring top-tier quality for your project. While we can't fix structural issues, we can tackle a wide range of sunken concrete problems. And here's the best part. Our process is quick and hassle-free. Our expert team offers free inspections, taking just about 15 minutes of your time. One great thing is you don't even have to be home for the inspection. We want to ensure your complete satisfaction. Ready to take the first step toward a more even, safe, and beautiful property? Call Chadwick Gardner today at 970-682-5129. That's 970-682-5129. Race Tech Concrete Leveling. Lifting your concrete, lifting your spirits. Don't settle for sunken concrete any longer. Call us now at 970-682-5129. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. All right, we are back, and that does it, by the way, for this edition of Ready Radio. Again, our website, ready-radio.com. Those of you listening on the Friday after Thanksgiving, thank you for that as well. This has been a live show on the Friday prior on the 17th of November. So, guys, have a great rest of your day. Our next show is up next. Don't go anywhere. This is KLZ 560. and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.